Desperate Housewives Fan Podcast, episode number 24. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Desperate Housewives Fan Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And we are back. We're back. We are back. I am so excited to be back. We just finished watching season six. Yes. Season six, episode one, and it's been eight years since they brought Bree and Orson together. I know. To actually have them say that that they've been married for eight years, I think, was quite a shock because at the beginning of last season, we had the five-year jump, and although we know that, mm-hmm. or... I'll just speak for myself. Although I know that it, it's sometimes hard to hard to remember, I guess. Yeah, it yeah. it, it, it kind of threw me. It's like, wow, how many years did they jump forward? Exactly. It, it, and you know, in the last season, five. Uh, so yeah, right. yeah. Wow, and and I guess they had okay three mm-hmm. years before that. Okay. Anyway, well, I'll tell you what. It's fun to see the show back, and Stephanie, I, I'm going to have to give you props. I'm, I'm I'm positive. I'm absolutely positive that if we go back an episode or two, where you shared at, during the finality finale, you finality? were <laughs> the finality. Uh, when during the finale, you were absolutely hardcore about the fact that you were certain that absolutely. that wedding was Susan's. And it I agreed was. with you. You I, did. I agreed with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And some people says, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. And of course, the the dead giveaway was the fact that Carl, Carl was, was there. there. I was even up until like, in, well, um, we had friends over for dinner tonight and I was very adamant. I'm like, look, Carl was there. Hands down. It's Susan. Yep. He He would have no other reason to be there if Mike was marrying Catherine. So let me just say, that during the entire hiatus, I am like 100% on board with it. I mean, right. maybe even 150% on board. Right. You know, that's how certain I was that you were right. But I'm going to I'm gonna say something, and I don't know how this is going to sound. And to be honest with you, at this point, I don't care. Okay. All right. So they open up the scene, right? Yeah. And they make it a point, obviously, not to show us immediately right away, right? Yeah. who's in this dress. But they show a close up of a leg and then, you know, yeah. and just different. I, I, I just want to say that that was not Terry Hatcher's leg. Yeah, it was. Was it? Absolutely. Because it looked I, I'm just going to say it looked like a very thin leg of what would be, you she know, a girl who are nice legs. who would be in her like <laughs> probably early 20s that in very good shape. Right. So if those were Terry Hatcher's legs, then, then she blew me away because I, I, for for just a split second, I'm like, oh no, you that did. is not Catherine, obviously, right? But it's you not s- Susan; it's Julie. That's what you thought, because that, that, is, that would right be away. the only other reason why Carl why would, would be Ju- there. Why would Julie marry Mike? No, and no, why would oh, Carl be? Well, in, 
I forgot and, that it was Mike in yeah, the. And why would Carl maybe, be? No, wait, 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 wait. Okay, wait. I'm waiting. If it was Julie, then why would Carl be like six rows back? He would have been in the front. You're yeah, okay. Very good. I didn't. First of all, I told you it was just. Like, I know it was. It like, never occurred to me until right then, it's and funny. then I forgot all the fa- about the fact that this was Mike up there waiting. But maybe Mike was giving her away. Anyway, absolutely right. But right. you were right all along. It was indeed. It was Susan. It was Susan. It couldn't have been Catherine. It just it couldn't have. And um, I love what Julie said. You know, you do realize that out of the two of them, she's the one she's that's the most more stable. stable. That was hilarious. Um, which is funny because Susan's not all that stable to start with. That's one of my favorite things about her. But um, absolutely, it was Susan all the way. Yep, I knew it. So I love how they started the episode. Okay, I, I, can I just say that? I thoroughly enjoy Desperate Housewives. Yes, I know you do. I mean, I yes, really do. I. do. I, I think it is a great show. It's written beautifully. I mean, obviously, we're we're doing a fan podcast devoted right. to it. And and as some may finally realize is that we've made a decision at, here at GSPN.TV this summer that we will not podcast about a show or continue to podcast about a show. That we don't enjoy thoroughly. and That we don't enjoy thoroughly. And it's not necessarily that we feel like we always have to have something good to say about every episode because that's not the case. Go back into the 120, uh, yeah, 120 some odd episodes. Or no, is it 200? How many episodes of Lost? Lost? It's over 200. It's like 220 or something like that. Yeah. So So anyway, you go back into the archives of the Weekly Lost podcast and you will find out very quickly that we have not been kind uh, in our review of every single episode. Well, you know, it's funny. um, For those of us, for for those who only listen to the Desperate Housewives podcast, um, we do so many more. And on Thursdays, record live from... What, like 6 a.m. to 5.30? Is that what you're down here? Yeah. Obviously, I'm not down here that whole time. But while I was this past, was it this past week or the week before, someone had asked, so is the is the Heroes fan podcast coming back? And I responded, that depends on the episode. That's right. And you'll notice there is no Heroes podcast this week. Yeah, there is know? none. Now, that doesn't mean week. that there won't be any episodes In the future, right. At it all. just wasn't... It just didn't capture us. And, yeah. and and it's again, it's not that we're not trying to avoid giving negative feedback, but if we're just not into it, then I, I don't want it, it to... All, well, here's, the th- here's what happened, is that um, one of the shows we watched last season, um, Private Practice, went on a dramatic downcline. Well, as far as <laughs> it, we're just, concerned. As far as we were concerned, every podcast was a negative review and so whereas we don't want to never give negative we didn't want to always give negative that's and exactly so it. That, we had just basically lost all passion for yeah, it in this and that's show where and that is where um our rule came in and that is how you know that we're still completely dedicated to the housewives that's right and that's what i wanted to share and so to bring it back to the housewives and, and by the way you did a wonderful job of doing that thank you you're getting great at this podcasting stuff after almost four years now thanks so Basically, from the very first time I actually sat down and gave Desperate Housewives a chance. Right. Which was right after the It was at the uh, end of season strike. four. Right, right yep. after the strike. Ever since then, I have I have been enamored by this show. Mm-hmm. It has been fascinating every single... Well, no. There have been two there, or three episodes yep. where yep. I'm like, eh. You know? Because right. you're completely caught up. We did a podcast. The last one that, that everyone would have heard... Um, the one immediately um, before this one right. is that you are completely caught up now. You have went back and reviewed seasons one, two, three, and four. Yes. 
and and I'll tell you, everybody said season two was the worst season. And and while I'll agree with you, it wasn't a strong season. I still enjoyed it. Well, and what we talked about, I don't think we talked about it on the podcast. I think we talked about it upstairs was that you were able to watch the episodes back to back to back to back. We watched season two within like a two week period, whereas everyone who watched it the first time around had all of those episodes drawn out within nine months. And so it was painful. It was painful. painful when they weren't delivering fantastic episodes yeah, because we week. were able to watch a not so fantastic episode and then followed up by a good one, followed up by a decent one. Yeah. You know, one that that moved along a little bit quicker. And so, yeah, I, but but I would say I still want to say the the story, the storylines, uh, the the way that you can relate to to so many different people on so many different levels is really awesome. What's wrong, Steph? You need to dust in here. There's yeah. like a little web going from your camera to my mic. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a dust. I need to I know, clear out the spiders. It's a, yeah. It, this you, dark little hole that we you, keep down if, here. If you wouldn't keep sticking me down here in the dungeons <laughs> yeah, of the GSPN.TV world headquarters. If you want me to put you upstairs with all my noisy ambiance, I would do that. No, I think I'll okay. hang out here. So um, back to the episode. Um, obviously, love that it was Susan. I love how they did it. and Starting out in the future. Yes, and then, and all then of a going sudden, back to eight weeks before the wedding. But I, I love, really liked that. I love the big whole. You know, it's like cliffhanger before the yeah. end of the episode. You know, all of a sudden here's Catherine as you're walking out the door, <laughs> and it's like, okay, what's going to happen? In her mangled dress with her messed up hair, right? Yeah, what's going to happen here? I've never really liked Catherine. I just she has this arrogance about her that is not as lovable as Bree's arrogance. You know, it's just... Well, she's... Yeah, and I, I think they've written her that way. Well, I know, and that's what I'm saying. I've never liked her. <laughs> and so I just... Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. And um, I think that... So anyway, how do you... Did you take any notes? How do you have them? Or I feel very yeah. scatterbrained right now. No, so. I, I have notes here. So okay. basically, we, we started out the episode, and then we get the cliffhanger. We don't get to see how the conclusion of the first scene happens until the end of right. the episode, which, you know, we've seen that done several times in the past and, and, and it worked here. Uh, and of course, and they didn't make us wait until the end of the episode to find out who was at yes, the wedding, which that I'm, would have been ridiculous. Yeah. So they gave us the reveal right away. And then of course we go back and I don't have these in any particular order, but okay. here's the order I'd like to talk about them. First of all, I want to talk about Carl and Brie. Okay. The episode theme was about, you know, the fact that, you know, in the suburbs, it, you don't have to look too far to find sin. It's usually behind every closed door. It's right. Well, I, I guess you could say that's true because don't we all suffer with that? Absolutely. You know, we, we struggle with temptation and all this other stuff. But anyway, Carl and Brie, you know, I don't like to see the two of these people together. I must admit that I'm not a huge fan of like divorce. Right. Uh, and but I, I'm not. I believe that there are some grounds for divorce, such as abandonment um, and also <laughs> blackmail. <laughs> uh, well, and, and um, you know, marital, could be a form of abuse and sexual, you know, marital unfaithfulness. Right. So I, I would say that that um, Orson Orson, thank you, has has pretty much abandoned her. And, Absolutely, and, and, and yeah. So I'm I'm not I'm not feeling bad. For the fact that that Brie wants to divorce this man who is obviously a little bit weird in the head. Yeah. But didn't the, you know that after you met his first wife and his mom? He, I mean, yeah, the dude's messed up. 
Yeah, and of course in the chat room we've got uh, Sem in here who says I'm sick of Orson. So right, and and I would agree with that. Orson, it, Orson does bring down the I story a been, little bit. Yeah, it's, which is so sad because I love Kyle, who who is the actor who plays Orson. Uh huh. Um, I I really love him. They, he was on Sex in the City, and he's been on a ton of other things. But I just am not. I'm just not a fan of Orson anymore. They've written him to be such a weenie. You they know, really have. I mean, but let me just say that there was there was a time where actually I enjoyed Orson and and he was a an encouragement for Bree right. there for a while. And when nobody else believed in him, Bree did. Right. And and I really loved that storyline. And when it he's came, the rebound dude, he's not going to stay. Well, it, that's, you know, she she went from from Rex to crazy pharmacist to, to Orson. It's been one right after the oh, there was the. There was the sponsor guy in the middle, and it was it's been one right after another. Yeah, and so. But but what I was saying though is there were plenty of times where Orson stood up and and basically you know Brie brought her own baggage oh, into absolutely. this to, into their marriage, and and Orson actually did a lot to 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 step up to the plate. Mm-hmm. You know he made a lot of things happen, and he was he helped her through. A lot of difficult times, uh, you know, especially with Andrew and with the things going on with Danielle and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, he just he was there side by side, but then all of a sudden they just started to write that story in such a way that is just so far fetched that it is. It I agree. It, he's gotten kind of boring. He has. But I don't think he needed to spice it up with Carl. Well, you know what? Under different under different circumstances, I don't think I would mind Brie and Carl together. They're complete opposites, and I think that that could be fun to explore. I'm just not a huge fan of adultery. Okay. <laughs> not even not a huge fan. I'm not a fan of it at all, you know? Exactly. And, um, and, you know, Carl's been with more than his fair share of the housewives. You know, it's getting a little ridiculous now. Yeah. Can I just say that this is probably going to be my favorite season right. of Desperate Housewives? Absolutely. And the reason why is because I... I did not realize how blessed we were at the end of last season to get rid of Edie Britt until <laughs> until I actually after the end of that season of last season, I had the opportunity to go and catch up on the two or right. two and a half seasons that I missed. And oh, my gosh, right. did I despise seeing Edie in each and every single story that she was ever in. They've replaced her though. There's a new housewife. There is a new housewife. Are you, you're not to that part yet? No, I'm not okay. to that part yet. So but, we'll, we'll stick with your... But no, let's go there. Okay. Um, let's talk about the new neighbors. I don't know their names yet. Uh, I know that they mentioned them on more than one occasion, but right. at that point I was not yet ready to take notes. Exactly. And so. I didn't catch them either. Um, very mysterious. As are all but new introductions way. to the neighborhood. But in a good way. I think when they introduced the the family with the son chained up in the in the basement, um is that season two? that was season two, yeah. right? Um, they were a little too mysterious. Yeah. You know, so this family has some has some mystery around them, but not in a creepy scary way. I don't know. The son seems pretty <laughs> creepy scary. I know, I was gonna say until the end of the episode. Until the end of the right. See, I, I got the I got the creepy scary in the first scene. Oh, when, from when him they bu- when they bought from the house. From him, but I'm not saying from like the whole. Fa- no, yeah, I, yeah, did you? I got the vibe. All right, I did. All I right. really got the vibe from the. What do you think you are, the dude from Warehouse 13? Now, yes, I mean, you I, get your I'm vibes telling you, I and, got the vibe. All right, I'm telling you. So anyway, 
I, I, I don't know. I, I okay. obviously you have to bring in a new neighbor each season when they kill off a neighbor or whatever. Well, and, you don't have to. I mean, there's enough going on without. Well, it it, it, it spices it, things yeah. up and it gives you a little mystery and, and I stuff love like that. the scene in the living room with the ladies and the whole you know not cursing or cursing. Yes, thing. that was yeah. that was really you funny. bet your yeah Beep. bottom. <laughs> So basically, Stephanie, I want to just say for the record right now, the son did not, that son. Yeah, no, he, I, he was not creepy str- from the beginning. Well, he did not strangle Julie at the end. No, I don't think so either. I that, I have, I, I am anti-spoiler, folks. So yeah. I don't know anything. I didn't even know a single thing that was going to happen in this episode. But I will tell you right here, right now, I do not believe for but a second. But everyone's going to think that he did. Yeah. Including... Including if that's his, <laughs> do we know that that's really his mom and dad? See, I I, don't qu- think so. I question that, yeah. and I question whether What's up those with her scars. Yes, well, those were some pretty serious scars on her back, and it also it, not just scars, but it looked like it was something Bruising. that was a little bit like infected and, okay. and not quite. Like it was a little purplish. Is that what you mean? Kind I mean, of like it wasn't it, gangrenish or gangrenish. something. I don't know. <laughs> well, I doubt she'd be up walking and attending a wedding. Well, here's what here's the thing. I want to say that you know I'm not I, sure that they're husband and wife even. Okay. I, I'm I'm very I'm but I'm it's extreme. all a show. I'm it's a, all a, exactly. What's I'm the extremely, word that starts with an R? It's all a it's all a ruse. It's right? all a ruse. Yeah. Is that, okay. I think so. So, uh, but I'm I'm extremely suspicious of the whole situation there. Okay. But I don't believe that the son strangled Julie at the end. Neither do I. But do you know what all I could think about when um Julie was being strangled was um okay, Mike and Susan just got married, so MJ's probably in the house by himself while his sister's outside being strangled. Yeah. Cuz I mean, she's an adult. She's probably staying with with MJ while they are you know, out on a honeymoon or, yeah, or something. Something. And of course, he's probably inside sleeping though. Well, yeah, but now he's by himself and Sleeping in the house until morning. He's fine. Okay. All right. The guy, the guy obviously ran off. Who or, well, no, or a girl. It yeah, could have been a girl. No, I mean, he's like supposed to be six years old. He's going to be a little freaked out in the morning when he wakes up. And yeah, but he'll just run across to Mrs. McCluskey or something. and <laughs> He'll go to Catherine. <laughs> he'll go to Catherine. <laughs> Who's probably the one that strangled Julie to start with. Now that she would be an... She is crazy. She is a crazy woman. She is crazy. All right. So let's... So the new neighbors, that's really right. all I've got to say. Do you right. have anything else? No, I mean, no. really, I mean, we're just being introduced to them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, it, it's hard for me to accept a new... It really you know, is. A, a new couple on the street or, or a new family and stuff like that. It's just like... Uh, but, I mean, it's a new season. Right. You know, and, and I trust the writers of... Of Desperate Housewives, and, and I'm interested to see what happens. We didn't get a lot of Carlos time. He was just barely in this episode. I love what Sam says in the chat what? room. He's he, uh, he or she, I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, Miss McCluskey might be too busy in her <laughs> two-person bathtub. Absolutely. I, every, I actually Mrs. wrote McCluskey. that. McCluskey. I, already, I put down in the notes, Mrs. McCluskey, bathtub for two. That's awesome. That's so funny. Like, I'm glad that, what was his name? I forget his name now. I don't know. Had a vasectomy. Yes. <laughs> so, so Carl, Carl and Brie, we talked okay, about them. Yeah. Let's talk about Susan, Mike, and Catherine for a little bit. Okay. All right. Susan, Mike, and Catherine, obviously, you know, pins and needles, the whole situation. It, it's, it's difficult when, you know, there's obviously something huge that you've done to betray seemingly betray the trust of a friend. Right. And how do you go and talk to somebody when you feel like you've done something wrong, but at the same time, you don't feel like it was wrong 
you feel like it was just unavoidable and it was just what was meant to be. Right. I loved what Susan said when when she said, you know, I'm tired of feeling like the other woman. You know, we were married. We have a child together. I'm tired of feeling like the other woman. And I kind of, uh, not kind of, I agree with Susan. You know, um, as a friend, Catherine should have never dated Mike in the first place as Susan's friend. Yes. That, I, and they made a point code. of that. That's girl code. You they, you don't do that. Okay. Catherine broke the code. She broke the code. All right. And Mike broke Catherine's heart, not Susan. You know, was she wrong as a friend to not go over and say, you know, I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe. But that was Mike's doing. Yeah. Not, not so. And you know what? Catherine tricked Mike into that proposal in the first place. No doubt. He was never in love with her. Nope. And I think that that is where she's really messed up is that he was never in love with her. He was. He was in guilt with her. He was in guilt with her. He was never in love with her. Right. He's always been in love with Susan. He he And if that's why she's crazy, then she has every right to be crazy because Mike led her on. Yep. But absolutely. The dress scene was kind of funny. The dress scene was kind of creepy. I like okay, didn't see that one coming. I didn't see that one coming either. Did you? Uh yeah, because they showed it on the trailer over and over again. Well, see, I, I stay away from those trailers. I know. I only caught it once. But. I am so sorry that you caught that because it was a huge surprise to me. And I'm like, wow. Didn't that, see that one coming. That was weird. And I but was you know right what? there on the with trailer, her. On the trailer, they didn't. you didn't know that it was Susan's dress. Right. So that part was, was a surprise. Yeah. 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 They just showed um, Catherine in the wedding dress. But um, Jerica says very fatal attraction. Yes. Very. I love the scene with the it's very with, single white female. With, it's like creepy with this with the spaghetti sauce. That was yeah, funny. That was kind of funny. Yeah. But I, I I don't feel sorry for Catherine, but somebody seriously needs Dylan needs to come home and get her mama some mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, next up on the list here is Gar uh, Garlos, <laughs> Gabby, and That's Carlos. That's one name for him. There you go, or Cabby, uh, Carlos, <laughs> Carlos, and Gabby, uh, and their new house guest, Anna. Anna, yeah, I like this storyline. I like I it, do. but man, oh man, oh man, you don't win. Well, it. Go I mean, ahead. The, you, you know, I understand that that Anna did something really terrible there. But, I mean, you don't win any points on anybody's sides. Not that she needs to win points, but in a way, maybe she does. And you don't do this by embarrassing her, not just in front of the school, in in the city, you know, of every young person in the area. I totally get what Gabby was doing because um, Anna needs boundaries. Yes. And as a parent, we know that all children want boundaries they desire them. and did you see i don't know if you paid close enough attention but did you see the way she caressed uh gabby's signature on those guardianship no, I papers didn't pay attention you to should that. go back and watch that because that meant something to her and she may be she that may be mad wa- somebody wants her somebody is committing to her that is awesome and that is what everything in this episode means yeah. to Anna. Everything that Gabby did means she's committing to her. That is awesome. She's in this for the long haul now. Best line of the entire episode. I wish somebody would have been this mean to me when I was young. Absolutely. That, hindsight. You know what they say about hindsight. Yep. Yep. Hey, I just I just want to say that 
see, this is what I love about Grey's or Grey's Anatomy. This is what I love about <laughs> Desperate Housewives. Is it's that real. Th- this show this show goes over the top, and while sure there are people who, episodes with Catherine Mayfair in them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. You know, while there are you know a lot of as far as over the morally top. thing you know things yeah. that we we may disagree with and not be too happy with, and and yet we know that those happen in our culture today. Not so much as concentrated as happening on one street consistently episode after episode. But regardless of that fact, there's always there always seems to be something that that you can connect to that is a great principle, a great value that is clearly communicated. And they often sure they they give us a they throw at us a lot of immorality. Mm -hmm. But I love that when they do that, they show people dealing with consequences Absolutely. as a result of that immorality and also um, and that the consequences don't only affect you, them mm-hmm. like obviously in um in honest case she's dealing with the consequences of choices that her parents made you know and and has grown up this whole time feeling unloved and unwanted those those are consequences of of their choices not her own but i love I just I really did love that scene there with her and Gabby. It was great. Yeah, it was. Sam says, well, now that Edie's off the show, so half the morally corrupt (laughs) storylines will be gone. I don't know. I disagree with that because I I don't think that it was actually the character that had all the issues. It's that the writers like to throw that stuff in there a whole lot because it all started with Gabby and and the the lawn boy. I think her character was just easier to. To write it for. Yeah. And now, of course, they got Brie, yeah. you know, which is unthinkable. And, you know, and, you and, know, Orson in his own in his own words, gave her permission to do that. A little bit of guilt. Well, how did I don't even remember. I, re- I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think everybody he, that saw the episode. I can live a, with a little bit of guilt to be happy or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Something like that. But. All right, so we already there covered... There is no happiness and guilt, people. We already covered Mrs. McCluskey's little comment. And and you know what's weird to me is that Mrs. McCluskey is still allowed to babysit everybody's kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she, is she know. or is she... And of course, I never knew this until after the, in, you know, between right. seasons here uh, when I went back and learned that she buried her husband in a freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Right. McCluskey, are you busy? Can you watch my kids? All right. Awesome. So she's awesome. So one more thing about the the Carlos and Gabby is that I had mentioned, you know, we didn't see a lot of Carlos in this episode, but I think that that was important because he was already completely he was already completely on board with giving guardianship, you know, having full guardianship of Anna, but um Gabby is the one who is going to be picking up a lot of the parenting yes. of this teenage girl. Yeah. Because he's going to be off at work. And so I think that that was that is why Gabby's signature meant so much more to her than Carlos's. Yep. Anyway. All right. So the only the last notes that I have here, and because it is late at night for us these days, uh, is Tom and Lynette. Tom and Lynette. Poor oh, Lynette. Yeah. What's that smell? Despair. <laughs> she was just, she is just. She's depressed. She's depressed. This isn't what. You know, this, this isn't, isn't post. This is prepartum. Yeah. Depression. Absolutely. She is. She is depressed. This wasn't in the plan. This was so far not in the plan that 
it's yeah, she's depressed. Yep. If we keep making two every time one leaf, we're never going to be finished. I know. And, and just think, you know, when they graduate, we're going to be in our 60s. That man. Yeah. Wow. You know, she's that, she's feeling that she's taking that in. And I think that a lot of women can can relate to maybe not a lot, but there are women out there who are going to be re- able to relate with her in the tears saying, I don't love these babies. Yeah. You know? And Tom telling her, when you hold them, you are. I'm sure she's thinking, am I? Am I? Yeah. I, I think she'll, I, you know, I cannot imagine. I can't imagine giving birth to children and then. It's because you're a man. Not loving them. You're a man. But I, I'm sure she will. I think that that'll, that'll come around. Okay. I hope so. Maybe not until after they're physically there. But, I hope so. But I, but I mean, you know, you, you come to the point where you think that maybe. Wow, you know, my kids are growing up. I can, you know, do something else with life. And then all of a and sudden... And then it starts all over again. Yeah, and we've dealt with that. And I mean, definitely not... <laughs> not to this severity. Not, but, not to this yeah. severity. But, you know, we were out of diapers and, you know, and, and it's like, you know... Two, Matt was going to preschool and... Yep. And then all of a sudden, here comes our surprise. Little surprise. Ma- McKenna Jane. And, and it's like, oh... Yeah. yeah, didn't see that one coming. God's still <laughs> laughing at us. But anyway, she's a beautiful joy in our hearts and in our lives and our family. And so, well, folks, that is this episode of. She the- still surprises us every day. Every day. <laughs> we want to say thank you for tuning in to the Desperate Housewives fan podcast. Would you tell somebody else about us if you if you get to talking about the show tomorrow or this week? Just go tell them to go to DesperateHousewivesPodcast.com. Of course, if you want to call us and leave us your voice feedback, we can play it in our next show at area code 859-795-4067. Again, that number, Stephanie, is? 859-795-4067. And I if, was just getting ready to yawn. I had to get control of <laughs> Nice, nice. <laughs> and, of course, we do invite you to check out some of our other shows at gspn.tv slash shows. We do a total of 23 different podcasts. Stephanie and I do this full-time as our career. This is what we do for a living, believe it or not. And uh, we absolutely love providing content for the community of gspn.tv. And, of course, this episode is available for free. And for those of you who are subscribed to the free podcast, uh, you can come join us live whenever we record live shows. There's a schedule at gspn.tv slash schedule. Uh, But if you're not a Plus member, uh, then you'll only be getting about one episode a month for free of this and some of our other shows but those who are plus members get an episode every single week it's one fee each month to help support what we're doing here with all the content and uh, you get access to every episode of every podcast which is about 15 to 20 episodes a week check out the details over at gspn.tv slash plus until next time everybody join Join the the community. community